Opinions expressed in this episode are personal. They do not necessarily reflect the views of this streaming platform. Good day, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Let's Be Diverse. I am your host, Andrew Stout. This episode is dedicated to all my loved ones who have supported me through this journey. The marketing landscape is constantly changing. There are a lot more requirements when it comes to -to day-to-day marketing. It is imperative that you stay on top of the latest trends while continually managing your existing efforts. Keeping up with all industry trends while staying focused on your people can be challenging. Today, the focus of our discussion will be on how to market and stay focused on your people. My partner for this topic is a lady that I truly admire very much. Her name is Shauna Van Merrick. Shauna is an advocate for making a positive impact on the world. Shauna uses her skills to create a space where ambitious women feel comfortably confident, leading authentically and inspiring ripples in their communities. Using custom organic content marketing, Shauna helps female service-based entrepreneurs to attract aligned clients who are ready and excited to invest. She does this by digging deep into their purpose by asking them the tough questions and leveraging their unique personal brand. Psychology-based, goal-orientated, and people-focused, Shauna believes that marketing confidence makes a difference, and that is not the only way to convert and feel good to. She has been a huge supporter of me and all that I talk about, and for that, I am super lucky to have her in my community. She is making her second appearance on this podcast, and I am truly delighted to have her. Welcome to the show, Shauna. It is an absolute pleasure to have you on today. Thank you so much, Andrew. I am so excited to dive in. You know I love having these potentially tough conversations that people are ignoring, but uh, we know all too well should definitely not be ignored. Absolutely. And that's why we gather these questions and have these conversations. I agree with you. They're truly important. How are things with you, Shauna? I want to know how are things with you? What's new? What's going on in Shauna's world? Oh, things are beautiful. I'm diving head first into my own podcast, which is really exciting. Marketing Rebels, Breaking Business Barriers. So you can imagine uh, this conversation is right up my alley. Congratulations on that. I have heard a couple of episodes. Actually, I tuned into one today and I I love it. I think it's real. It's authentic and great podcast for sure. Thank you so much. Very, very welcome. So before we begin, as you know, I always have a fun, thought-provoking question to ask my guests. Are you ready for yours? I'm as ready as I'm ever going to (laughs) be. So Shauna, my question to you is, what person event or idea has impacted you the most that's that is a fabulous question um and i think i said that last time um goodness i want i want to say now the way my brain works I find it very challenging to hierarchize what's most important over and above other things. You know, when you have like your top 10 favorite Taylor Swift songs or something like that, I find that so challenging. So I'm going to rephrase this question to serve my brain a little bit better and just say that one of the many 
amazingly impactful people, things, events in my life include, but it's not limited to, my experience growing up with my own grandfather. Um, I was lucky enough to have him until I was about 12 years old. And I have to say that, I mean, other than just my innate intrinsic curiosity, he definitely helped to fuel my passion for learning. And what I mean by that is, is if I had a question, we dove into it. If there was an opportunity to learn, he made it fun. Uh, we would frequently take trips. Um, I grew up in northern uh, northern Ontario, and we would frequently take trips to the, the Y Marsh and the um, Iroquois and Huron villages to learn about culture and, and the dynamics that were behind the scenes. And if there was a chance, he was a woodworker. So if there was a chance for me to do the measuring and to do the math and the fixing and even the grinding on these giant grinders on the day, sanding, the big sanders, he gave me the opportunity to explore that world and to facilitate my curiosity. And so I would have to say that that has impacted my self-identification as a philomath, also known as a lover for learning. So yes, I'm going to see my grandfather. That is such a great story, Sean. I really appreciate that. It makes me think of my late mother. She would be my person that impacted me the most. My father as well, but I'd say my mother. She taught me a lot of great lessons. She'd say never, if you're going to leave a job, never leave it on bad terms. Mm -hmm. Always leave on good terms because you just never know if you're going to need something from them down the road. Uh, She was a hard worker and very, very inspiring. So I believe that that would be my person as well. So I just loved your story. Thank you very much for that. That was awesome. And and I see, I can see for for what it's worth, I can see a lot of her in you, if that's how you describe her. Yes, uh, I would say that I do have some of my father and some of my mother. And the parts of my mother, I would say, are the sales background, the go-getter background. And I'd say in the past, people would be afraid to say it, especially men. But I would say on the emotional side of my mother, when the emotion comes out, that would be my mother's side for sure. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. For For sure. So... As always, thanks so much for having fun with me, Sean. I really appreciate that. I love that you dove in on that one and you enjoyed it like the first time. So I love it. Anytime. So for those of our listeners who have never met you, why don't we start off with you telling us a little about you and your story? Absolutely. So, I mean, me as person, I am a a wife and I am a mother and I have three children and they are lovely little ones right now. Anyways, at the time of this recording, uh, they are five, six and eight. So my life is very, very busy. Um, But in addition to that, I am also a brand messaging and organic content marketing strategist. And so I'm right seeped in that world. As a philomath, my, my learning never ceases. So I'm always stacking on new ways that I can serve my clients because as we know, this digital landscape is ever evolving with the recent introduction of AI. Well, actually I shouldn't say recent. It's been around for a long time, but let's say the recent explosion of interest in AI and and multifaceted tools using AI. I mean, even that on its own um, has been a a beautiful expansion to my repertoire, but truly, Mm -hmm. I mean, if it comes down to my story of how I got there, I would have to go back to my roots and tell you that I have always loved creating, uh, writing in particular. I really, really wanted to be an author, but I was told by a variety of people that it, it just 
It wasn't a real job, right? It was akin to becoming a rock star. So I put mm-hmm. that on the back burner and said, all right, all right, I'll, I'll go into psychology. No problem. And that was truly not a problem. I, I enjoy learning about people, exploring that world. And I figured down the road, maybe I'll write a thing or two and we'll see what happens. Now I took my psychology, I went into that world, but I felt like I needed more. So I went back to school and around that same time, I started to explore um, what it looked like to write for money because I started learning <laughs> about blogging. I started learning about creating content. And and so I went back to school for rhetoric and professional writing. And so uh, rhetoric is very simply put, the art of persuasion. So psychology, rhetoric, and professional writing, along with my interest in newfound pocket money type of mm-hmm. career as a freelance writer, um, I just I looked at this and I said, wow, hold your horses. This is the fixings for conversion copywriting. That's mm-hmm. websites, sales pages, email sequences, the like. So I, I went into that, started a business, said I'm a copywriter. I was, I am, and I do so on a regular basis. But in that journey, I learned about the value of driving traffic, hence my deep interest and constant requalifications in the space of organic content marketing. And then, mm-hmm. of course, in brand messaging, because it, you cannot write a, a truly effective piece of copy. And, and I'm going to argue that you need every piece of your marketing journey, including the content you create to be consumed, say, say on socials or in your blogs, all of that should have elements of copywriting in them. Um, you can't do that effectively if you don't have a solid brand message. And so mm-hmm. that's my that's my um, encapsulating story of where I came from, where I am now, and kind of everything that shook up in between. Such a great story where you came from and your realization, it's interesting to me because so many people, know we're probably going to get a little off topic here before mm-hmm. we begin, but it's amazing today how years ago, people would finish high school, go to school, go to college, study a topic or a profession, and then they'd get into that profession and they'd work. And they'd work at that profession for 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years. Now, lately, I've come across a lot of people who have studied a certain topic or subject, and they discover that it just wasn't an interest to them, or they didn't enjoy it, or it's not what they thought. So they go back. And years ago, if somebody did that, people would be like, well, why are you doing that? You just spent X amount of money (laughs) or X amount of dollars on an education and now you are trying to do something else like what what's going on yeah. so it's it's so interesting to me how people have changed and they're okay to change and they feel good about changing because it's what they want to do so they make that decision i want to do something different and they do it yeah absolutely and i think that's a reflection of cultural changes too right the, the dynamics and the systems that we find in our culture um, right. are not really serving that sort of one track trajectory any longer. Right. That's just not, right. it, it doesn't really help you. You don't just go to school for psychology and become a psychologist anymore. Right. You now have to take additional qualifications. It takes a long time to get there. And you're not right. really told that when you're, when you're in, in your adolescence, which is in my humble opinion, that early, early time when they're starting to ask you, what do you want to mm. be when you grow up? These, you know, 12, 13, 14 year olds who need to make these decisions, they truly don't have an understanding of what that means. And mm-hmm. and to have that sort of expectation put on you at such a young age is is ridiculous. So naturally, mm-hmm. as we as those spaces get filled and as we now need 
additional qualifications, these children who have emerged into adolescents and young adults are realizing, wow, this decision I made when I was 12, 13, 14, 15 years old doesn't make sense anymore. Right. <laughs> so right. it just, it, it's natural, I, I believe, within the construct mm-hmm. of our culture, as it is today, for that to happen. I think it was inevitable, in fact. Uh, so yeah, no, it's, it, and you say it's off topic, off topic, but I'm going to argue that as we go, this is going to be brought up a few times. It probably will. It probably will. Mm-hmm. Now that I come to think of it, and I should have known before I said that, talking to a marketing guru, that she would find a way to spin it, which is absolutely why I've loved to have you on the first time and why I love to have you on today as well. So <laughs> thank you for your amazing insights. So we're talking today about a very important topic. We're talking about how to market and stay focused on your people. So today I want to know what are some ways that leaders can focus on employees during marketing? I love this question. And this is kind of something that we broached a little bit before we hopped on here. And and I I put a lid on it. I said, stop, don't talk about it anymore. La la la. (laughs) Because I said, we got to talk about it here. Um, because when I hear the word employees, oftentimes my, my brain automatically jumps to the people who are already working there. Right. But it also includes prospective employees. So I think, right. oh, okay, hold on. Because marketing, I believe, and, and you'll find this in, in my own podcast, I believe that you are never not marketing. Uh, you as a person and you as a corporation. And so if you are trying to actively hire, you're in the recruitment area, um, you are marketing to those potential em- employees. You're marketing to them. And so we want to make sure that the leaders who are actively marketing these roles to potential Mm -hmm. team members know what they're doing, know what they're saying. Mm -hmm. And the flip side, the employees who are already working there will Mm -hmm. back that up. Mm-hmm. So you actually have the cojones, right? You're mm-hmm. actually saying things that matter and mm-hmm. matter within your business, within your culture to your current employees, and that will pique the interest and entice your prospective employees to come and work with you. So just with that overarching idea, I would say that those leaders must, in order to be successful, Focus on the culture of their business. We can peel back layers. What does culture mean? The experience that one has within the business. What does that mean? How people communicate with one another. What does that mean? So in this world, remember, when we're doing marketing, we want to consistently ask why. Or mm-hmm. what does that mean? Go deeper, right? And so how are people communicating? Uh, what In what uh, capacity? In the end, so I trailed you guys along for long enough. In the end, it comes down to your values. In the end, it comes down to those core pieces of you and your business that matter, not just matter in words, not the fluffy business that you put out there, but matter Mm -hmm. in action. When you say that honesty is a vital part of your entire corporation, then you Mm -hmm. had better be transparent and honest with Mm -hmm. all of your employees, both current, past, Mm -hmm. and future. Mm -hmm. Shauna, I love everything you just said there. One thing that caught my attention or that resonated with me was thinking about things that matter and what's important to you as an individual. And I think things that matter to people today, and you mentioned prospective employees along with current employees, 
couple of things that I think are very important are building trust and focusing on growth. And I think those are two things that people are looking for in a prospective employee or candidate or a current employee. They want to know, does my boss trust me? Do they give me the open floor to do what I need to do to get the tasks done? And for a prospective employee, is the trust there when I'm meeting that person face-to-face? Can I tell that what they're telling me, you mentioned values, and if they say that they have values or they're a value-driven company or a mission and vision-driven company or that they are an employee well-being company, you better be able to convey that to the prospective candidate and you better show that you mean it, that it's natural and not just come off as like, oh, I'm just saying this because that's what you want to hear. I need to see that in you so that when I come out of there, I'm like, oh my God, I got to move. I got to move and I got to work in this company. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they they need to back it up and and it's both ways. You you speak of trust and how, you know, an an employee is going to come in there and prospective or current and they know that they are going to be trusted to do Mm -hmm. the job. And so they feel empowered. Absolutely. But it goes both ways. So an employee perspective or otherwise coming into that space needs to know that they can trust their employer to make the choices that are in the best interest of not just the company and the bottom line and you know all that just making sure that they can trust their employer to make choices and take actions that are in alignment with the values they claim to have right and that right. trust stems from those aligned actions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you say you're inclusive, if you say we have a, a, a diversity, equity, and, and inclusion and belonging section or, or representative or whatever, when you say that, it, it better not just be this token little way, flag waver, right? It needs to right. be action-based. We have identified these problem areas and yeah. we are taking action to resolve them. We have a diverse team who feels included and who feels as though they belong all one another and together. This is a team. It is not just token employees who just do come in to do their job. Mm-hmm. That This matters to employees right now. This this mm-hmm. matters so much. And it's an interesting thing about this is that just like broadly speaking as a marketer, um, I can tell you that this matters to consumers. Mm-hmm. So if if a consumer catches wind that you are indeed not treating your employees mm-hmm. uh, in alignment with the values you claim to have, that mm-hmm. consumer is far more likely to boycott what you have to offer, right. to rethink their investment and to just go elsewhere. We're there right. because they are looking for brands and businesses and corporations that they can trust as a consumer, mm-hmm. never mind an employee. So all of these things matter for your bottom line. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I was talking to somebody, I'm going to say probably two years ago, and they were looking for a job and they were applying to places. And a lot of the companies that they worked for didn't have any, a lot of processes or policies or what have you. So they were kind of like, I wouldn't say skeptical, but they kind of didn't, they wanted to see it to believe it type thing. Mm. So when they went for an interview with this company, they asked some questions and they asked about what type of policies that they offer. And one of them that she was kind of floored of is that they have an anti-bullying policy. Mm-hmm. So she's like, well, that sounds really interesting. And that's something that a lot of companies that I worked for didn't have it. So when push comes to shove, she ended up 
taking the job and she didn't forget about the policy, the anti-bullying policy, but she was just kind of waiting to see. And sure enough, on her first day of orientation, she was giving a whole bunch of forms to fill out. And one of them was explaining the anti-bullying policy of the company, what they stood for, what they did not appreciate, what they would do to stick up for their employee. Mm -hmm. So she was totally floored and was pleasantly surprised by by that and she was saying to me she wished that some of the other companies that she worked for had that policy in their program or part of their company yeah absolutely i mean those other companies lost a good employee because they weren't Mm -hmm. ready to serve them that makes sense right yeah it totally totally makes sense for sure how important is employee branding um, now, that's another one, right? Um, employee branding. Are you talking about when you're a prospective employee, you're actively seeking employment and you need to brand yourself uh, while seeking employment? Is that what you mean? I am, I am talking about a company who is looking to get prospective or new candidates and they're branding their current employees to show what kind of company that they have and how they treat their, their employees currently so that new prospective candidates can see what the company has to offer. Hmm, That's really interesting because I think that this just comes back to that aligned action, Uh, you know, your your actions that are in line with your values. Because if you are doing that, then naturally the employees that you currently have will be a representation of those aligned Mm -hmm. actions, of Mm -hmm. those values. You don't need to even think about that branding if you are indeed acting Um, in alignment with your values. You're Mm -hmm. communicating the values clearly. You're communicating not only what they are and what they mean to you and your business, but you're communicating what that looks like in every step of the way, in every role within the business. You are communicating what those values mean in action. So if you are a male person or if you are a, um, a CEO, doesn't matter. Those values look like this. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, and it's up, it's upheld that okay. in and of itself mm-hmm. will brand your business, okay. the way your employees perceive their role in your business okay. and the way external individuals, whether they're prospective employees or potential clients perceive the way the business is their, their branding, right? Your, what is your, right. what is your brand? Your brand is what, what people think of you when you're right. not around. Right. And the reason why I bring this up is because I was like I was mentioning earlier, lots of people decide that they want to get into something after school and then they decide they want to do something different. And I noticed a lot of people changing different careers. And, you know, so if you decide you want to get into marketing, you want to be a copywriter. What was it that you seen before when you weren't in marketing or a copywriter? What were the things that you saw at your previous employer, and that's going to help you to make sure that employees are seen, heard, valued in the marketing of the company. Oh, um, are you implying? So this is where I. This is why when when you were you were reading my my little shtick there is is I, I like to ask the tough questions. Um, and that's okay. That the reason a person, any person, leaves their potential career for 
an alternative career is because they had a negative experience in the potential career? Well, I think that people leave a job for many different reasons, whether it's a, and I'm not even going to use the word toxic, so I, I think yeah. it's, a, it's overused a lot, mm-hmm. but we'll say that they were they were not happy where they were, or they mm-hmm. didn't see any growth, or they had a boss or a coworker that they just couldn't seem to see eye to eye with. Mm-hmm. So, or they, or they feel like they just need a change in whatever they're doing. They feel like they've gone as far as they can at what their job is. And where they are, they can't, there's nowhere for them to move and grow and develop. So they move to another company. But what I'm saying is that I could see somebody. So for example, if it was me and I was working through a company and I could see someone in marketing, I could see stuff that they're doing for marketing or how they're developing their their marketing tools in the company or how they're the developing stuff to bring in new talent that is going to want to stick around in the company long term mm-hmm. and grow with the company. And I would think that in that, it have to be in the marketing, which is in the copywriting in the, mm. and that could be like in the, when you put your job posting out there, something that's going to grab the attention to say, Hey, this is a company that I want to, I'm going to do whatever I can to get this job and stick with it and grow there because this is the job for me. I can I see know. that they have their values I see that they believe in employee well-being. Uh, they have a mission, vision, and values. So this is what I'm meeting when I'm asking that. I see. Okay. So so it's from the perspective of the the, the business or, or corporation. How do they attract and retain aligned employees? Right. And if you're an employee and you've seen how stuff was done before, but you weren't a marketing or a copyright professional, mm-hmm. and now you are... You're taking your experience from everything that you've learned from all those companies and stuff that you saw, and now you have the experience to put it forward. Yeah. How important is that to to the company? Yeah. No. Okay. So I, I absolutely hear where, where you're coming from, and and this is a really important part of marketing when it comes to marketing in the HR and recruitment space. And it's a different, it's a little bit of a different direction, but it's the same process. So in this Mm -hmm. way, you're considering your prospective employees like potential clients. So you're going to want to do the research. You're going to want to find out what do they love? What are their pain points? What are their, and I, I, if you know me, I don't love the word pain points. (laughs) And I also don't love the, the idea of, of, diving into that space and really like hurt like I, I don't believe in pouring salt in the wound they know where they're where, where they're hurting but mm-hmm. I digress knowing that knowledge of the potential pain points of job seekers mm-hmm. and being able to address that in your outbound re- recruitment copy is really important so those those pain mm-hmm. points knowing their desires the things right. that they are seeking within a business, and being able to play to that and that end of your strength is excruciatingly mm-hmm. important. And understanding right. your differentiator in your field and the multiple things that you do in your business that are that are different and better than others in the field. Let's say you're looking for an engineer. And you're like, I would really, really like to get high quality engineers who want to stay, who want to mm-hmm. make this their long term career. Now you're going to look at other engineering companies and you're going to see what are they doing with their 
um, outreach? What are they doing with their clients? And do a competitor mm-hmm. analysis mm-hmm. and find out mm-hmm. where they're succeeding and find out mm-hmm. where they're failing and find out mm-hmm. where you stand in in differentiating yourself from them and, and leveraging those things that make you different and better and making sure that you're attracting, honing in on those things that mm-hmm. are both pain points and desires of your, your ideal potential employee employee and and just mm-hmm. leveraging that so that they it, you're you're that dessert at the end of the meal that they just need to dive into that is marketing in a nutshell if you mm-hmm. were looking for clients or customers you would be doing the exact same thing right you would word it differently because you're not hoping that these employees buy from you but rather they're investing I'm going to argue something even more valuable and right. that is their time their energy, this mm-hmm. is important. Their future is now invested right. in you. Why mm-hmm. should they invest their most precious commodity in your business? And then right. and, and and tell them tell them why. Convince mm-hmm. don't convince, I don't like that convince, but explain why that investment is worth it to them. Mm-hmm. I love when you said research and desires. So mm-hmm. when I search for a podcast guest, I don't just see somebody on there who is an HR professional and ask them, I look at what they're putting out there in the universe and look at the topics that they're talking about. And then I put it into what I would like to discuss in my realm. And by research, I look at stuff that they're, like I say, putting out there And from there, I kind of start to put a little list of things that I see would be great topic material. So I love that you said that. And I wanted to use that as an example because I I think that's great. And it is important to research. And desires is also very important as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's Mm -hmm. it's those... Those fears and desires, when you put those two things together and present it in such a way, um, it becomes very enticing to your prospective employees or your prospective clients. I mean, we want to make sure that we're not pouring salt in the wound and we're not inflating our promises. But that comes down to behaving in alignment with your values. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Is it possible for marketing to plateau when it comes to focusing on employees? Um, I think that your market as, and this, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say this again, is that this is very much just marketing at large. Um, And your market, uh, the employees that you're looking for will be forever changing and evolving. Mm -hmm. And you're going to Mm -hmm. need to change your marketing to suit that. A friend of mine actually one time said that you need to follow the invisible hand, the invisible hand being your market. You know, at one point in time, the only thing you needed to promise was, you know, an an okay pay and that you'll go home at the end of the day. But Mm -hmm. now you notice that the market is changing. The market of Mm -hmm. employees, this pool, they have expectations that are over and above the bare minimum, right? right? We want to make sure that we're in alignment with what you have to offer. We want to make sure that you're going to take care of us long after we stop working with you. We want to make sure that while we're working with you, we're not afraid of going to the dentist because of the bill, because guess what? You're going to have us covered, right? These Mm -hmm. are additional expectations that employees are coming to employers with Mm -hmm. that i mean you can't you can't overlook that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're expecting empathy Mm -hmm. from their leaders 
right now. Yeah. Exactly. And, and you never know when uh, some things will pivot and change, but you want to make mm-hmm. sure that you are watching and listening and evolving your marketing to suit mm-hmm. the market that you're trying to attract. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite thing when it comes to marketing? Um, I would, th- this one actually feels really easy to me. My favorite thing when it comes to marketing is starting conversations. Um, it is my humble opinion that all marketing's purpose is really to start a conversation. Um, now that doesn't necessarily mean from one person to another. Um, you could market yourself in a beautiful way that sparks a conversation within a consumer of your marketing. So they can start questioning, oh, is this something that I value? Hmm. That's a conversation right? Mm -hmm. Um, That's a transformation. And so uh, another way that you can do that, of course, is inviting somebody into the conversation or sparking Mm -hmm. a conversation amongst your audience who could be uh, consumers or potential employees. So I would say Mm -hmm. that, like the the prospect of starting a conversation, you know, Mm -hmm. I feel like Billy Joel, we didn't start the fire. It's like that. We got to start the fire. We got to get it going (laughs) and keep it going. Exactly. Exactly. Would you say that your favorite things of marketing have changed over the years? Like, is it different now than it was, let's say, three years ago? Um, I would say the way I perceive my favorite things have changed. Mm -hmm. But in the end, at its root, it stayed the same. So in the past, I may have um, described it as, you know, making connections, providing uh, services, uh, uh, giving people insights into um, how to solve their problems because that's what I am I'm trying to do to introduce a, an idea into a prospective client's head of this is a way you solve your problem this is right. what's the problem I need a job what's the problem I need a solution to my financial issues what's the problem I'm struggling to get to the next level in my business well I help you to make sure that you can articulate that to your prospective clients and they yeah actually that very well may solve my problem so making that insight or making that mm-hmm. connection, I may have used those types of words, but in the end, mm-hmm. currently, the word I'm using is connection, uh, conversation. You know, starting the conversation. Right, right. I don't know where I would be without conversation and community. Someone told me years ago when I started, I would say probably about ten years ago, that if you're wanting to build your brand, you need to build your community because your community will help you build your brand and. I didn't believe it at the time, but I am noticing it more and more today than I ever thought it could be as I, I don't know if I didn't believe it um, because some people tell you stuff and you're like, yeah, sure, whatever type thing, mm-hmm. but, or most people I would say, but in certain cases I kind of like, well, all right. And then I just kind of, I don't know if I put it in the back burner, but I just thought of it and I thought, you know what, I'm going to try it and see what they were talking about. And I totally see it now for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And and it makes sense. You know, um, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And you can only be t- told so much right. until experiences teach you what is right. real. Right. You know, and that's, and you know, I, I'm going to tell you again, this comes back to the action that's tied with your values, right? right. You're not going to necessarily value something until you see things in action, until you go, oh, that's what that looks like. <laughs> that's a whole different ballpark. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Any final thoughts today? Goodness gracious. I'm going to go back to my current MO, and that is you are never not marketing. 
right? And, and with regards to our conversation, that includes when you're attracting and recruiting amazing uh, candidates for employees. That includes when you're nurturing and, and retaining your current employees. That includes when you're attracting clients. That includes when you're looking for community. Mm-hmm. You are never not marketing. Whether you're showing up on a podcast, whether you're creating an ad on a commercial, or if you're standing in line in your PJs and your fuzzy bunny slippers buying a bag of milk, you are never not marketing. And it is important mm-hmm. to remember that so that you can mm-hmm. be your best self in every instance. Mm-hmm. Shauna, I wanted to take the time to tell you that I just absolutely loved this conversation. I wanted to take the time to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule for a second time to join me in this fantastic conversation. I think you are one of those people that just you grow to admire very quickly and you have this personality that everyone just gravitates to. That's you good. just have a way, yeah, you just have a way of not listening just to hear words, but you truly find a ways to help. And I just want to thank you for being a true gem. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're very, very welcome. And that comes from the bottom of my heart. And so on behalf of myself and my guest today, Shauna, I'd like to thank you all for joining and listening today. And until next time, be safe. And remember that if we all work together, we can accomplish anything. You have been listening to Let's Be Diverse with Andrew Stout. To stay up to date with future content, hit subscribe 